Just one second here. I need to get this uh, shared on all my pages real quick here. Hey, for somebody not to see my pretty face, might ruin somebody's day. doing well this evening. I apologize. I'm trying to have some technical difficulties for some reason. Hold on a second here. Give me one second. I see the computer's messed up up there. Where Greg's in the process of trying to help us get a new one and uh, uh, the one we have to what we have to have has to have like a super duper kind of video card or something and uh, uh, so it's going to have to be special order. Uh, the one we were using actually from his work, he's letting us borrow. And uh, so anyway, there's something wrong with it. Well, for some reason, uh, mine, uh, when I stream my dad from home and stuff, something, it's, it's acting a little, little wonky here. So I don't know what's going on with this. So give me just one second and we'll get started. I'm sorry. So give me one second. I don't know what's going on. Earlier this morning, it wasn't streaming out like it's supposed to, and the, what the, it has to have is what they call a stream key. It has to have a certain code uh, inserted so that it goes straight to the uh, the website YouTube. And the wrong one for some reason populated uh, this morning, and uh, so I thought, well, I can't get it to come up this evening. So I thought, well, maybe it's uh, defaulted back to that uh, when it was showing this morning. And, that's not the case, but for some reason, I am not streaming out on the church website. I cannot figure out what's going on. So, don't know. I hate that. Um, try one more time here. But the thing is, I think the majority of people watch on my social media anyway. Uh, don't know. Don't know why it's not showing. That's weird. I don't know. It's, all I can do is hit start and stop and 
<laughs> do the do all I can do for that. So, but anyway, good morning, Vert. A good evening, Verta Campbell and Roger Winters are watching this evening on social media. But anyway, hope everybody's had a good day today. Everybody get you a nap in? No, no nap days. Good napping weather, I tell you. Went home, closed my eyes for a second there. What's that on your face? Uh, Trump. I've heard good. I've heard good things. <laughs> old Pitts uh, squashed old Kamala Harris as an identity. I got tickled though. They uh, the, they said uh, or uh, Pence come out. I couldn't get into the link, but he said he had proof that she was given the uh, questions before the debate. And uh, but she still couldn't hold her own. I didn't think uh, at all. And they were trying to say that he was mansplaining and talking down to her. Here she's supposed to be some big attorney. Well, she should be able to hold her own. So that's a man on Facebook. So the first time in history a man uh, defeated a woman. So, or was it no? Uh, won an argument. Won an argument. That's what it was. Yeah, first time in history won an argument. That's what it was. So. How many cases she's won then? I don't know. don't know how many cases she's won. I don't know. Don't know. I just work here. Ah, that's what they tell me. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to have an opening scripture this evening. If you want to look at 2 Timothy 2, 15. And if you want to look those up for those who are here in the church, if you have your Bibles handy, look that up. And uh, for those online, I will uh, bring that up so they can read along online. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And as me old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. All right. Um, okay, let's see here. I don't know, is there any, I don't know if there's any new um, prayer requests out front, and I'll just read uh, what we had this morning. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Kim Penix, Jade Kitchings, uh, Sherry, her mom, and PT, Jackie and Rhonda, Verda Campbell, Wendy Lee, Johnny and Nora, which I'm glad they're here this evening. They was here this morning and this evening, so I'm glad they're good to see them. I've missed them. I know they've had to stay home while I got this whole COVID mess, but I'm telling them that they've been able to make it. Uh, Morris and Carolyn, Larry and Donna, Larky and Nancy, Chuck and PK, Murph, Richard Haynes, he's down in his back. He messaged me uh, yesterday, he's down in his back. Benny Higgins, Angie and Doug, Ron Thompson, and Fran Mason. Thank you, sir. Gentlemen and Scott. Okay, see here we have uh, Carl Wharton, the uh, delivered, Michelle and Helen Sowards, so I don't know how to pronounce that right, be saved. Larry Whaling family, Bob Rambo's sister, Robbie Whaling family, Ben Foy, Kathy Crawford, unspoken prayer request. John Crawford still fighting COVID 19 prayers for healing, most definitely. I'll tell you. We were talking about that this morning. It's so weird, this uh, the whole virus situation. It's like uh, my wife's cousin. She 
she swears up and down is she's secretly my daughter because she stays she stays sick all the time like I do. I mean, it's weird how she stays sick like I do. Sometimes the same exact thing I've got. It's really weird. She got COVID. She was she's a little tired. She act like she she wouldn't know she even had it, and it's really odd. Then you got some people as healthy as a horse and dead in two days. I mean, and then you have elderly people get it, and they're 100 years old, they beat it. I mean, it's, I don't get it. I don't know. It's just really weird. Uh, and I, I'm like a lot of people. I don't understand how you can go to a restaurant, you can take off your mask, and apparently the virus don't bother you. You can play full contact sports, and the virus don't bother you. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I really don't. I, uh, I mean, I understand. Uh, like, taking precautions, but it's just, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like we're being duped, uh, so, to, so to speak. Yes, sir, Dr. Colbert. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, peaceful, peaceful protests and the virus don't bother you. I know. Huh? I don't know. I just, that's why I don't get it. That's why I just don't know. I, what they said, 99.9% survival rate. Is there. That's a higher, oh my gosh, you have more death rate in marriage than the virus, apparently. So, you know, I mean, it is, uh, uh, you got, I'm the more. Text that to <laughs> Go ahead, you probably watch it. But uh, uh, I think more people die from the flu. So, I don't know. I'm just really, I just. I told Brandy, I said, I was so sick of this mask thing. I can see straight. I mean, I just really am. I just like, you know, if you're bound to get it, you're going to get it. I told Brandy, I said, you have a birthday and a death date. You ain't getting there any sooner. I mean, you know, so it ain't, I ain't like I'm going to get to heaven. And God said, hey, you'd have lived a 50 more years if you wore your mask. Now you tell me, you know, so I don't know. Uh, I just snorted. Anyway, well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, just we're to lift up these prayer requests and concerns. And uh, Lord, you know the hearts and minds of each and every person here. And uh, what is written, spoken, and unspoken, let your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we do want to lift up uh, Brother Ron Thompson and uh, as he's dealing with the loss of his wife. And uh, Lord, just pray healing upon him. Um, for the sickness he's having a battle right now. And Lord, I do pray that you be with Wendy Lee and Kim Penix and Jane Kitchen, Verda Campbell. And Lord, I pray that uh, uh, you'll be with uh, uh, Richard Haynes and take away his uh, back pain and discomfort he's experiencing. And Lord, just pray that you be with all the prayer requests and concerns. And Lord, uh, just let us serve you well. And Lord, let us uh, uh, always be submissive to you in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Uh, as far as announcements wise go, uh, I um, try to think. Of course, I'm gonna get back doing my morning devotions. Uh, I do those live every morning at uh, 6:15. I took this week off. Uh, family, they had uh, fall break this week, and I thought, well, it'd be nice to maybe just take a little break. And, and uh, so I'll get more when I get back to that. Hopefully, it's kind of got me concerned why that's not streaming out. Uh, uh, but I'll still be doing it on social media. Um, and then, of course, that's uh, this week. Uh, of course, we have Wednesday night service online only. And then, uh, of course, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Now, on October 31st, that's on a Saturday at 7 o'clock, um, if you uh, uh, want to bring your cars out, motorcycles out, uh, we want to do everything outside uh, because 
you know, the COVID thing is still a concern. It's still a valid, uh, even our president, God, it's not a, no use in, in tempting fate, if you will, and having it inside. I love having it inside. It makes it a whole lot easier. And I think the parents like it better, but we're just going to do our thing outside. And uh, I haven't come up with a name yet. I just, uh, I don't know why. It's always bothered me. I just, I hate that trunk or treat. I hate that. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to think of uh, another another name for that. I don't know what to call it. I don't know, drunk in the trunk. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> candies and cars. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll figure out some cool name to call it. But uh, I guess cause I guess why it bothers me. Um, Dad's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna, when he gets uh, when maybe next week or two. He's going to do a little expose on Halloween, and um, you know if you know the history behind it, and what's uh, what, there's, there's nothing glorifying to God about it at all. I mean, there just really isn't. That's why we try to offer an alternative. And I tell you what, every time I've spoke on it, every time Dad spoke on it, people go berserk. And where they've canceled uh, trick or treating on the tree streets and different places, you wouldn't believe how if you cancel Christmas, I doubt there'd be as many people that upset man. Uh, so I guess with the whole I mean, trick or treat and trick or treat just sounds so much like it's man. That's why it bugs me. I don't know, but uh, I'm just trying to think of. Uh, Mom said we call it treat in a trunk. I said, boy, you are really, really spot on there. But uh, we'll try to try to think of anyway. We're gonna try to get uh, Jason Linda back uh, maybe to to sing that evening. We'll have food and stuff and uh, as well. Uh, but I thought Jason Linda did good this morning. I really did. I thought it was fantastic. He did really did a good job and thoroughly enjoyed uh, uh, listening to him. So ho hopefully you all liked it as well. But uh, So tonight, uh, we're going to have my father-in-law. He's going to get up and sing uh, tonight. Is that right, Hoppy? Come on, Hoppy. Well, I thought you were going to sing a little acapella for us. Acapella, acapella. <laughs> All right, just be that way, Hoppy. I hear. I thought we was going to get hear hear the sweet words of William Boyd this evening. So, no. All right, we've turned your Bibles to Titus chapter one, verses eight through eleven. Titus chapter one, verses eight through eleven. When you look at that, I'm going to try to check this one more time and see if I don't know why that isn't streaming. That is weird. I don't know. Okay, let me see here. Hold on one second. Don't let like Barker mess with me so she can get on. Let me tell her real quick why. Okay, Titus chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. Let me get that up here so everybody can read along. Be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful again what they ought not to teach. All righty. 
And let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, and then we'll dive into this, see what the Lord takes us this evening. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you once again. And uh, Lord, we just uh, want to come before you this evening. And Lord, I pray that your spirit will fill this sanctuary. And Lord, I pray that you'll touch the hearts and minds, help us to learn, help us to, uh, to glean from your word, uh, help us to, uh, Lord Jesus, to uh, be equipped and edified, but most importantly, let us glorify you. Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, so when we, uh, for you watched online Wednesday, I don't know, like I say, it's hard sometimes when you're in, at home by yourself and staring into a, a, a camera, you don't know how many people's watching or not, but uh, uh, maybe a lot, maybe a few, and uh, maybe have it on but watching TV, not listening to a thing you're saying, I don't know. But uh, uh, this past uh, Wednesday, we were discussing the things that, uh, in regards to an elder or a pastor, what they should not do. And, uh, but we find these things that uh, we are studying, uh, even though this is regards to elders, regards to pastors, uh, the things that they should not do, this is still applicable to Christians as a whole. The things that we should not do in regards to our tempers, how we react, uh, you know, uh, differently. But, you know, even with what we're tonight, we're going to be discussing what pastors should do um, there is, uh, this is still uh, applicable to us as well. And one of the first things that we need to look at is to be hospitable, all right? So one thing we look at, particularly this different, this particular place, time, and history that is being written, uh, a lot of times uh, when strangers would come into a, a, to, a, to an area, uh, the hotels there were uh, very expensive, uh, very dangerous, and uh, a lot of a lot of bad things going on. So one thing they were encouraging here uh, was to show kindness to strangers. Uh, and But likewise, you say, well, okay, well, how is that applicable to today? Well, uh, you know, what we need to do, you know, uh, particularly as Christians uh, and pastors as well, you know, our attitude, if a pastor is not friendly, then a church isn't going to be friendly. You know, I, I've uh, went out uh, where I met Brandy. I uh, did... Uh, date a little bit here and there, and I'll be honest with you. I... What was that? Pick up. <laughs> what was that? Was I? You made me sound like a male gigolo. I mean, my gosh, man! I tell you what. <laughs> it's what it said. At least I had a date. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, I might have dated more than my share. <laughs> what can I say? When you're this good looking and it's cool, you know, you got to beat them off with a stick. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I hated it. I'll be honest with you, I hated it when they asked me to come to their church with them. Because you never knew what you were going to get into. You know, this one girl, she took to this church at Kingsport. And that was the first time in my life that I was sitting in a church and people got up and were screaming, running up and down the aisles, the pastor was running back and forth on the stage. It, I'm telling you, it freaked me out. I mean, it really freaked me out. And I was like, how in the world am I gonna get out of here? And I said, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot, my mom needs me, I gotta get home. And I left, I never talked to her again, you know? And then I've been to other churches and stuff and um, just dry. I mean, dry. I mean, there's no, there's like mannequins in there. You know, there's no movement. There's no emotion. It's just like, you know, you're scared to move or look or, you know, you're just like, what do I do? 
And then, uh, of course, I always had, there's always been those of men that said, your dad, Vic Young? Yes. Hmm. And walk off. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, I don't even, I'm about to take that. But, uh, you know, I feel like our church um, is very hospitable. I feel like our church is very welcoming. You know, it always confuses me when I, I've had people message that I will be back to your church. Nobody ever talks to anybody there. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I don't get that. I mean, every time somebody, we have people literally standing at the door greeting people. So they must have come in when the church started. And, you know, after a few minutes after it started, when nobody's at the door, that's the only way they could have got by anybody by not saying hi. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't want our... Um, uh, sorry, I just to make sure somebody wouldn't uh, ask about this. Uh, you know, if we are, if, if we are in any way, shape, form, fan, fan, any way, shape, form, or fashion uh, being clannish, then, you know, we need to, to be aware of that. You know, it is easy when you come to church. You know, it's kind of like when you were in school. It's easy, you're drawn to your friends, and that's just kind of where you congregate, and that's where you talk. Everybody kind of sits in their same seat. They talk to the same people. Uh, we avoid certain people and <laughs> tease it. And, <laughs> and so, you know, it is, uh, it kind of is like school to a certain extent. But um, I'm hoping that if you see somebody new, that you do make the effort to go over and talk to them. You know, when you see a stranger like that, that you try to uh, drum up a conversation and say hi, hello. Now, if you're like me, I just try to talk to everybody and I just say hi to everybody because I do not ask anymore, is this, oh, you are you new? Because I don't know how many times I've done that. Well, I've been coming for 10 years. Oh, no. So, you know, I don't, you know, or I get tickled to somebody I meet outside of church. They say, I got a family member that goes there. I said, you do? I said, uh, he goes, well, they got long hair and a beard. And I was like, well, you described half the church, you know. I guess in other churches that would stand out, but here it's like, you know, we don't stand out as much. But, um, you know, I, I try hard to be uh, kind and hospitable. I don't do it because if I got somebody's hat, what I have to do or, or to put on airs. But, I mean, in one sense, I mean, that's kind of what that's saying right here, uh, to be hospitable is to, for the pastor in particular, to show that kindness uh, to those in the church. And so in one sense, we are... Uh, uh, told to do that but I do it because I'm just you know I, I enjoy seeing everybody I get excited when I see everybody I like saying hi and talking to everybody that's why dad was getting tore up this morning because I was running around without my mask on talking to people but I'm just I'm just sick of the stupid mask I can't see straight and I just get excited to see everybody and I want to say hello and, and I you know and it's, it's genuine at least I, I hope you know it's genuine I, I don't do it just to um, you know just to put on airs or whatever, but uh, but pastors need to be friendly and warm in particular. And I feel like our church as a whole, we are friendly and warm people. I really do compared to a lot of other churches. And so I hope that if you see somebody new come in and uh, that you make that effort to talk to them and say hello. And I think most of you do, I really do. I think that uh, y'all are pretty aware of that and try to, but you know, there's some people, they do, they, they, they come in a few minutes after the church starts, they leave during the invitation and then they wonder why nobody's talked to them. I mean, you know, what do you expect? Uh, you know, how wouldn't would somebody have an opportunity to do that? But now I have seen some people, they don't like what I'm preaching or maybe they just don't like me. I, you know, but I, I watched them get up and walk out and I ain't never seen them come back. In fact, that happened to me uh, uh, 
Sunday, let's see, not this past Sunday I spoke, uh, the time before that I spoke, this woman and this boy, they got up, and they, she got to give me a look and walked out. So I was like, well, maybe I've showered, I don't know. But they, apparently I offended in some way, shape, form, or fashion. But uh, I guess that, that's, that's to be, that, that happens. I guess that's when you can't please everybody. Well, it's like um, uh, Nelson said, a garden party. So you can't please everybody, might as well just please yourself, kind of. So I guess, uh, but anyway, but, uh, huh? Oh, <laughs> I forgot to cut it off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry about that, guys. I, uh, I, I let the scripture up and was talking. I forgot to take it back down. I apologize. So form all complaints to Mike Hensley. He'll, he'll take all those and respond. Is that right, Mike? He'll take, all right. All right. <laughs> so email him. He will field all questions and uh, comments. But um, a lover of good, all right? So we see that, we, that we need to, to love what is good. In fact, uh, look at uh, Philippians 4, uh, 8. Philippians 4, 8. Let's see here. Sorry, I was looking. I was trying to see if there's another verse I was going to read, but uh, I don't think it's going to work. But Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So that is in regards to not only to pastors to be a lover of good, but to a command for Christians in general, we are to love what is good. And you say, well, what, what does that uh, entail uh, specifically? Well, what are you filling your head with? You know, kind of garbage in, garbage out kind of thing, I feel like. You know, if you're watching nothing but filth on TV, then I think that's going to be reflective in your attitude and, and how you view things. And, you know, it, is, uh, it amazes me the, uh, the amount of perversion and garbage that is out there. You know, uh, Mass was wanting to watch a movie the other night. And, uh, you know, it was, it was okay. I was kind of having a hard time getting into it, you know. And, uh, and uh, I really wasn't real happy with how they were portraying Christians anyway. It's supposed to take place back in the 40s or 50s. And all of a sudden... Jumped to a scene and, and it was not good scene. And I'm like scrambling trying to get it off real quick. And I'm like, what is this? I mean, you know, what even on 30 minutes and some garbage on there. That's what's so bad anymore is uh, you can't hardly watch anything without some junk being on it, uh, you know. And it amazes me uh, how they, uh, you know, used to, they would bleep out if somebody tried to say GD on TV. But they don't see, they don't care to do that and leave that going anymore. So we just got to be careful. We got to be aware. You know, I know there's a lot of movies and things that uh, may seem appealing and fun to watch, but uh, you just want to have to use discernment. And if it's not glorifying to God, which I'll be honest with you, it's hard, few and far between to find anything any that's remotely uh, glorifying. Like, like Dad was talking about this morning. You know, just everybody's got to have their token homosexual and everything. You can watch anything anymore without that being pushed down your throat. And uh, it's. Um, uh, it's, I think as uh, long as Jesus tarries uh, before the rapture, uh, I think it's just going to get worse. It's probably going to get the point. We're going to, just, we're going to be segregated to about the news, and even that's getting sketchy here lately, and that's about it. I mean, it's just, uh, even the cartoons, I mean, even cartoons, 
uh, are pushing homosexual uh, characters in cartoons that kids are watching. Oreos are coming out with rainbow uh, feeling uh, to support LGBTQ. Man, now, I can deal with a lot. When you start monkeying my Oreos, that's when I get mad, all right? I mean, when I'm dunking at that meal, I don't see rainbows. I want to see the double-stuffed white in the middle is what I like, all right? Fat boy like his Oreos, and I can't believe that they dare monkey with Oreos. That, to me, is blasphemy, and that should be, I'm going to write Donald Trump, he's re-elected, and say, this must be addressed. If nothing else, address, fix our Oreos. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, I know I'm being a little silly tonight. I apologize. But anyway, but we are to be a lover of good, all right? In other words, feed your mind with those good things. Be self-controlled. Now, when you look at that, uh, to be self-controlled, um, to be, uh, I don't know, your Bibles may say, um, uh, say, I'm reading out an English Standard Version, so your Bibles may say uh, uh, devout. I don't know. I mean, what, does it may have a different translation Saying something different. Temperament. Temperament, okay. Right, temperament about you. But in other words, uh, you know, somebody, you know, I, you know, it's another thing I think is thrown around a lot here lately too, is uh, bipolar. Well, they're bipolar. Their emotions are up and down. I think sometimes, and I'm not saying that bipolar isn't real, but I think it's thrown around too easily and too loosely. Because somebody's emotions, uh, they give them a way out, an excuse for them to uh, uh, react uh, emotionally and angrily in situations. Oh, they're just bipolar. Well, maybe they're not just bi maybe they're not bipolar. Maybe they just need to have some self-control over their uh, emotions and how they're reacting to situations. Maybe God's not the God of their life, and they are not pushing themselves to have that self-control uh, that God has put in place uh, for us to have. Uh, and with uh, keeping our emotions in check. Now, you know, it's nothing wrong to have emotions. See, I think that's, that's one thing the world wants to do is to numb us in the sense that uh, if you cry, if you're angry, you know, uh, I told you all uh, this before that, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, that it's embarrassing, uh, to, you know, to admit that I uh, contemplated suicide at one point in time in my life. and. It's not something I really enjoy talking about. Uh, it's a really dark area. But when I, they they forced me, I didn't have a choice. I had to go see a psychiatrist as a result of that. And that's all that he would ask. He sat there, leaned back in his chair. Well, how was your emotions? Did you get angry this week? Did you get upset this week? In other words, if I showed any kind of emotion, he would up my medication. If I cried or if I got angry, well, we need to up, up your effects, or we need to up, up your Cymbalta, we need to up this stuff, and it's just like he was just trying to numb me, is what, and so, and uh, the Lord really took hold of my life, and and, uh, and I knew that he wanted me in the ministry, uh, I felt led to stop taking that. Now, when I say, let me preface it with this, if you ever want to stop taking any medication, first you need to ask your doctor, and two, you need to do it very slowly. You need to cut those pills down slowly. You don't just quit taking medication. That's a good way to have hallucinations, problems galore mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I mean, you're asking for a lot of trouble. So, you know, you wean yourself off slowly. And that's what I did. I slowly started taking myself off those things. And that psychiatrist threw a hissy fit. And he did not like it. 
and he said that it, uh, uh, he said that I had a mental problem. <laughs> That's why I'm seeing you. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, but we need to have that uh, uh, that sense of self-control in our life, upright, uh, holy, and disciplined. Uh, you know, we need to uh, make sure that we are not only showing that, you know, particularly look at that discipline. You have to think of it as, you know, we, we've referenced before uh, uh, talking about athletes. And an athlete has to be disciplined. You know, you have to eat a certain way. You have to work out X amount of time of day. You have to be disciplined to attain the goal that you want. I mean, you look at an Olympian uh, versus an Oreo eater like me. I mean, it's, you know, you can see a fine-tuned machine and a sloth. You know, I mean, there's somebody who gives, it amazes me. Um, oh gosh, what was the uh, swimmer? Um, oh gosh, he won, when he won the gold medals and stuff uh, a few years ago. Uh, it was a Phillips, yeah. Do you ever see what he ate on a daily basis? That's a, I guess where he burned so many calories. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, like pizzas. And I mean, it, it was, I, he ate more in a day than most people eat in a week or two weeks. I mean, it was unbelievable what that boy put down. But then again, he was burning tons of calories a day with what he was working out. But that's why we need to be disciplined in the things of God. We need to be disciplined reading our Bibles, disciplined spending that time prayer, disciplined as Christians. That we are separated from those in the world. And like an athlete, we have to be disciplined. And, and because our goal is to, to have that mind of Christ. Our goal is to strive to be more like Jesus Christ. At least I hope that is your goal. That you want to shed those things of the world. That you're not happy with the things of the world. That you want to be more Christ-like every day. And so that takes discipline. It takes discipline to say, you know what, I want to get up at 4 in the morning and read my Bible. Trust me, I do that. And it's not always fun. Four o'clock goes, the alarm goes off, and I'm like, oh, I just want 15 more minutes, please. And it just, you know, and you got to make yourself get up and get going and do it, you know. Because if I don't get up early enough before Brandy and Madison and I start doing devotions, the day gets away from me. And then they say, no, I've not done anything. So that's why I have to discipline myself to do that. You need to discipline yourself to do that. I know you all are tired. I know you've got a lot going on. That we've got to have our priorities in place. And we're putting God first above anything else. We may have to be disciplined to turn off our favorite TV show. You know, there are times many things you like to watch. But hey, you know what? I keep, you know, this is just uh, blasphemous and this is wrong. And, you know, a lot of people try to justify what they're watching because under the guise of, well, it's just humor. Well, not all humor is good humor. And so sometimes we got to watch that too. There are a lot of comedians out there that would be hilarious, but they just curb the foul mouth, you know? And uh, it just uh, it, that's why I like um, Sinbad. I don't know how many of you have ever watched Sinbad or not, but he is hilarious. I tell you, he had a, um, I forgot what, um, this is on one of the cable channels here not too long ago. I tell you, I laughed so hard. I, I was crying. I laughed so hard. So if you ever like, I, I think I think that, I think that what he did. I think that came out a few years ago. Ever get a chance to look it up? It is hilarious. All right, now let's go ahead and move on. Uh, uh, I know I've been a little little silly tonight, and I apologize. But now we're going to have to get a little bit uh, uh, serious. And that's one thing we're looking at this here, holy and disciplined. That's another thing as for pastor in particular. Uh, is to take the word of God seriously. And, to, and you know, it's one thing to joke around, which I like to do. You all know that. I'm, I'm a cut up. I like to kid. I like to joke. I like to watch, see you all laugh. I really do. I enjoy that. 
Sometimes I take it a little too far. Sometimes there's things I said I probably shouldn't have said from the pulpit to get a laugh, and I try hard to, to be careful of that. But um, uh, there's time to laugh, there's time to take things serious. And that's one thing Dad's really had to, since I've come to ministry, he's really had to get on me about, not really get on me, but instruct me, I guess. Well, he's not fussed at me. But there are certain situations at times that, you know, we, we need to be very reverent and uh, show respect, uh, communion. Uh, it's one of those areas, uh, whether it's communion, uh, like, uh, like we do here in the sanctuary, we do the blood in the cup, or we do foot washing service over there. Those kind of things uh, you, you, you do with reverence, and you don't joke around. Uh, obviously, funerals, you don't want to be up there cracking jokes at a funeral. Well, some people frown on that for some reason, I don't know why. But, uh, uh, you know, but, you know, you understand what I'm saying. We need to take these things seriously. Well, here's the thing we need to look at here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read verses 9 through 11. And it says, uh, He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced as they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. Now, to put in context, uh, to understand why this was written, in a particular place in time in history, culture, uh, the Jews were uh, talking to those in Crete who were new converts, and not in a good way. They were trying to say uh, Jesus Christ and his atoning work on the cross was not enough that they had to adhere to all these Old Testament laws with genealogies and and, and uh, the, the, all the, the laws, the things that they attained to. So they were trying to say, hey, that, that's not enough. You have to do these things as well. And that's where Paul's coming in and he's saying, whoa, now, we need, to, we need to take a step back here and take a look at this. This is wrong, what they're trying to instruct you and what they're trying to say. Now, with that said, uh, we have a real problem in our society today with false teachers and false doctrine, doctrine to teach. Uh, and what they are teaching is wrong. What is very sad is that statistically, 67% of adults uh, within the church, 91% of, of, of students in seminary do not believe in, in the exclusive truth of the gospel. All right. What that means is that to say that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man understood to the Father except through me. That is exclusive. He is the only way into heaven. The day say is not true. All right? There's a, what, what these people want to believe in, in when it comes to absolute truth, they don't want to say that Jesus Christ is exclusive. They want this, uh, I hate this word, I never say it right, ecumenical uh, sense that uh, uh, they want to have a, um, I read a book in my, um, I think it was in my graduate studies, uh, called Toss a Salad. And um, uh, now that book, uh, you know, it, it made some sense, but it's kind of what uh, those in the world uh, want to do is kind of have a toss salad, if you will. You can have a little Buddhism, you can have a Hinduism, you can have Jehovah's Witness, you can have Mormons. Everybody prays to the same God. That's what they're trying to say, which is completely bogus. They do not pray to the same God. There's only one God, and that's the God of the Bible. And it does, you know, so you can't sit there and say that, uh, you know, that that these these different paths 
uh, are all going to send you uh, to heaven. Because then what Jesus Christ did on the cross was in vain. Because if all these lead you to heaven, then why did Jesus bother leaving the glories and splendors of heaven to die and suffer on the cross for us? Because if that, that was the, if that, if all, if, if that, if the absolute truth and exclusivity of the Bible uh, is not true, is not true, then, well, gosh, uh, the Wiccans have a, a good way of looking at things. I'm sure that'll get people to heaven. I mean, Buddhists have, they're pretty, they're, they're, they're peaceful people. That'll get them to heaven. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I mean, they could have very easily said, Jesus could have said, well, they can hit all these other religions. That, that'll get them there. That's not how it works. And, you know, it, it, it is amazing. Those in the world, in fact, I was reading a, um, um, about an individual uh, they were having, you know, we used to have men's prayer breakfast here uh, at, uh, at the church here. We used to meet over there in a fellowship hall. And, uh, but this was in another state or town. In fact, he didn't mention, specify which town it was. Uh, but uh, another uh, minister got upset that uh, they were having a men's, a Christian men's prayer breakfast. And uh, he, he's trying to say, well, uh, we should include all religions and uh, uh, to have this, have their own version of a prayer breakfast. Again, saying that uh, they all pray to the same God. And so, you know, uh, and so the other pastors tried to explain to them how Jesus Christ is exclusive, that Jesus Christ is the only way. And the, uh, the heretical uh, teachings of this other pastor, what he was trying to say in regards to how people get to heaven. And the editor of that paper would not print what he had written. Well, you have other people out there going on right now. Uh, with uh, You've heard, um, I've, I've talk, spoke about it before, Dad's uh, uh, hit on it uh, several times, uh, in regards to uh, the, um, the emergent church, the seeker-sensitive church. And uh, John MacArthur, uh, he was actually, he called out Brian McLaren uh, in, he, because he, uh, in fact, had this uh, uh, the same kind of economical uh, view that, uh, that it's okay for uh, all religions to come together. In fact, you can learn from one another. If you have all religions coming in and all cults or whatever it is, that, uh, that you can learn new things from each other. And he was calling him out on this. In fact, uh, Brian McLaren, uh, he was going to speak at uh, uh, one of the conferences, I think, uh, that Grace and Dad uh, actually called him out and said, hey, you, you know what this guy believes. And the people that were bring him in didn't have a clue what he believed. And so dad told him, said they, they got mad at him. And I told dad, maybe uh, we talking about this morning, I said, well, I said, how do you bring in a guest speaker and object him out? You know, I'd be like me letting Colberg speak. Hey, you know what? And I said, no, I'll tell you what, you would do yourself well to be in the Ephesus class. That man knows his stuff and he does an awesome job. He really does, I'm proud of him, Dr. Colberg. He, he, he studies hard. It does good, and if you're lucky, I know there's a lot of times I walked in there and he's had a bunch of food, so nothing else. <laughs> Go there and get you. As long as he don't have no rainbow cookies, he's good. No <laughs> rainbow. No rainbow. <laughs> so, but uh, but anyway, and McLaren in this uh, emergent church secret sensitive view, yeah, he uh, uh, don't even encourage you to bring your Bible. Because it may offend the unchurched. <laughs> Do you believe that? Somebody standing at the pulpit, don't bring your Bibles, that might upset somebody. I couldn't imagine. 
I mean, I could not imagine standing at the pulpit and telling people not to bring their Bibles. Instead, they said they encouraged people to, uh, uh, to demonstrate the Beatitudes in their life through poem or uh, through acting or <laughs> putting on a play or some craziness. You know, this is the kind of junk that's being pushed out in some of these secrets in some of these mega churches. That all it is is topical messages being put out there uh, that uh, uh, do not hit on nothing controversial. In fact, they said if you want a large church, do not talk on anything controversial or that will upset anybody and you can grow a big church. And I agree with that. There are several churches in this area. There are several, and I'm not going to call them out because I know that there are uh, people watching here on social media that go to these churches, and I don't want to, um, I'm trying to be respectful, okay? And, and uh, uh, I don't think it's right from the pulpit to call out certain churches. Like Phil's leaving right now. He's, he's head to heck with it. He's feeling <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I love it, man. Dad, he's getting me. Uh, but um, and I know that they, see they, what they do is short little sermons, uh, and they have uh, short little uh, services uh, at less than an hour. And a lot of most of the time, ninety percent of the time, it's music because music can have and evoke an emotional response. And that's what gets a lot of people that go there and like, wow, man, I just felt all this, this stuff going on. And you, as well as I know that as a Christian, our relationship with Christ is beyond an emotion. We can have an emotional experience. That is true. But it's beyond just a fleeting feeling of emotion. And that's why there is no meat. That's why there is no growth within the church because uh, the, the people getting nothing but fluff. They're not getting any real world food. So when something controversial as homosexuality, uh, as abortion, some of these things come up, they cannot give a solid defense. That's why when you see something like rainbow Oreos, you're like, well, I don't understand what the problem is. It's to keep people get upset over a cookie. It's not the cookie. It's not the feeling inside the cookie that we're upset about, all right? As long as it don't affect the taste. I don't know, you know, nobody's going to be upset. It's not that. It's the agenda that it is pushing. And it's that children will see that and it's just more indoctrination and propaganda that these kids see and they say, oh, well, that's okay. When it is anything but okay. See, that's, see the problem here? And so churches like ours that we really hear is becoming few and far between or becoming very rare to get up and, sp and speak and preach the whole gospel of Jesus Christ from beginning to end. We must preach, you know, as, as a pastor, that's one thing we're seeing here. We want to, uh, to, to draw the sheep in. We want to, uh, to guard the sheep at the same time. We both want to draw the sheep and guard the sheep from the wolves and the thieves that are out there, all right? And so that's what we are to do, that we need to give warnings and, and heed those warnings that, hey, this is wrong. Avoid this pitfall. Avoid that. We want to, to preach the truth in love, but we want to preach with conviction so that you understand that, hey, me justifying my, my sin is wrong, that what the path that I'm on is wrong. You know, it's just like the other day I was telling you all, uh, you know, I had gotten into uh, somewhat of a debate uh, with... Um, with a lesbian couple, and uh, 
they uh, they said I was uh, 10 years ago I was rude to them so they so they took me off their Facebook I was like look I don't know what I did 10 years ago much let alone defend it but here's the thing all I want to do is try to explain to you about Jesus that's all I want to do I want to invite you to the church and I want to talk to you about Jesus see I can get on there and that's what they expect you're going to hell what you're doing is wrong they're used to that that's what everybody tells them that's not going to change them I cannot change them I can't change whether you're gay or straight, either one. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're going to Savior. Whatever lifestyle you've got right now, you've been deceived, listen to the lies of the devil. You know, I can't change you. But if I can get you and show you Jesus Christ, understand that you are in need of a Savior, then when you come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, guess what? There will be re you will be redeemed. You will be reconciled. You will be sanctified. Then there will be change in your life. Not nothing I have done, but what Jesus Christ in you does. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. So if I can just get people to Jesus, show them Jesus, whatever their, their life was prior to that, Jesus can change and make them a new person. So that's what we need to keep in mind, whether you're on social media or talking to somebody. Don't worry about saying, you need to change, you need to do this, you need to do that. That's only going to drive them further away. You know, if you, it's just like me walking into uh, a bar with a family Bible saying, y'all going to hell if you don't put down that drinking bottle. Well, guess what they're going to do? They're going to throw a beer bottle inside my head, laugh, and they ain't going to change a thing. Say, so look at this lunatic. That's all they're going to do. But if you can get to these individuals, say, hey, I'd like to invite you out to Found Life Bible Church. Come on out and join us sometime. We'd love to have you. And I've, had, I've done that before, and I've literally had people look at me and say, you let me come to your church? I'm like, yes. You know? And uh, I got to Sister Linda this morning. She said, uh, so I'm used to playing in front of people who don't know where they're at or what they're doing half the time. I said, you're in the right place. Most of them don't know that either. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they don't know where they're at or <laughs> what's going on either. But, uh, you know, that's just it. They're so used to being hollered at for the wrong they're doing. For somebody to show compassion, you know, you're not condoning the action, but to show compassion and say, hey, I would like to invite you to church. They're like, they're, they're, they're almost taken back. You know, why would you invite me? And so that's why we need to make sure, and that goes back to really um, showing um, hospitality, uh, if you will. Uh, so, you know, the enemy, that's what he does. He, he subtly attacks God's word. That's why he, he uses that seeker sensitive, that emergent church uh, it's, it's aimed at that, that target audience. It's aimed at those things. It's aimed at church growth. It's, 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 it's a God of their imagination. It's not a God of the Bible. And that's, that's the problem. Too, the, too many people have, have created a God of their own making. A God who loves everybody, but there's no judgment. A God who condones sin. A God that overlooks this or a God that overlooks that. They can create the kind of fanciful God that they want that is still, uh, it, it's not the God of the Bible. Benjamin's mind said, Lord, there's judgment. And God demanded justice because of our sin. That's why he sent his only son to show us the way. That's why he paid that sin debt that we could not pay and a debt he, he did not owe. You heard dad say many times. He paid that because God demanded that justice. Like I said before, it's not that God is it's just like, you know, trying to just smite us and Jesus is trying to hold him back, saying, hey, you know, hey, it's not how it works. If God didn't love us, he wouldn't have sent his only son to save us. God is a God of mercy and grace. 
and forgiveness, and He loves us. But He does not condone our sins. He abhors and hates our sins. We should have be convicted over our sins. And we should offer that up to Jesus Christ and say, please forgive me. Help me to overcome that. Help me to avoid that pitfall. But you've got too many Christians condoning the actions, condoning the sin. Well, you're just a, you know, you can't help it. You're just a sinner. It's okay. Well, you know, we can, we're, we're none righteous on not one. We're all sinners. We all mess up. That's right. We're not, nobody's perfect. Like I've said before, I think that's the problem with too many people that they uh, use that as an excuse. Well, when they mess up a sin, whether small or large or great, however you can you know, see it in your head, uh, you say, well, I'm, God knows I ain't perfect. Go on, laugh it off. No, you should be like, man, Lord, forgive me. I am sorry. Please help me not to do that again. You should be convicted over that. But too many people, they just want to brush it off. and act like it's no big deal. I, uh, you know, it's just like there's a lot of Christians I've come across and, and they don't care to cuss a blue streak. And I, that's always confused me because I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I mean, God's word tells us to put away all filthy communication out of our mouths. Now, I understand that uh, sometimes you can stub a toe really hard and something might fly out you wish you hadn't said. I understand those situations, trust me. You know, or somebody pulls out in front of you and, they give you the finger and you're all of a sudden something comes out you wish you hadn't said. You're like, you know, but you realize that. You know, you immediately realize that. You're like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I, should, I wish I hadn't come out of my mouth, you know. And uh, uh, those situations. But when you were just blatantly just rattling off stuff and just laughing, I'm like, I'm confused. You know, I'm like, well, as a Christian, you know, I would think that we would have uh, better character a uh, better example uh, for what we are, are saying in front of other people as Christians. And, you know, I hope that you all are aware of that we, uh, that are sitting here or watching online. I'm not trying to uh, uh, belittle anybody or, or make you feel bad, but whether it's, 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 it's foul language, telling the dirty joke, uh, whatever it is. And like I said, there's some things I see people post on Facebook that even come to church here and I see it, I'm like, oh, golly, man, I can't believe they posted that. You know, I mean, it'd be rough. And I'm like, and then it's like, I mean, it'd be pretty, almost perverse. And then they'll post that, they're right that I love my church. I'm about live, like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> so please, please pray for me. And I'm like, yeah, you need prayer. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm not, not trying to be mean, but I just, I don't understand. It's like double talk. You know, you had us fresh water and, 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 and bad water will flow out of the same fountain. It's not going to work. And you're, you're putting off, you know, people who are in the world or knowing that you're saved. And you post something very foul and, and vile. And then you turn around and say, oh, I hope you come to church. It's like, that don't make any sense. You know, it's, it's confusing. And uh, so we need to be aware of that. Uh, please be aware of that. But... Uh, Elders in particular, pastors, they need to make sure they have a good, strong biblical understanding that we are, uh, that's what this is talking about here, that we need to make sure that we are studying. And, uh, and y'all don't realize that the amount of prep time uh, it takes to study. That's why sometimes I feel like I fail miserably as a pastor. I've like, I spend all these hours reading and studying and I'm all excited. Then I get up here and I'm like, let's see, I read 
this book in chapter 13, paragraph three, he said this, and I get up and I got it just ready to go. And I get up here and it's like, what did that even say? <laughs> you know? but, so, but you know, the way I look at it, you know, uh, if when I don't remember something I think is really important, apparently it's not important or God would have allowed me to remember it. You know, used to it really bothered me. And I thought, you know what? If God wanted me to say that, then it would have been, he would allow me to remember it. But uh, we need to make sure we're studying. Not only is it that to have biblical understanding, but, uh, but even you uh, as, uh, as Christians, you need to make sure that you're studying and that you have a proper understanding. That those other pastors are, are men of conviction. All right? Are you of conviction? Are you convicted uh, um, over the things of the world? Are you showing uh, that honor? Uh, having uh, uh, the elders should have biblical obedience. Are you being obedient? That's something you need to ask yourself. Are you showing that proper biblical obedience in your life? Now, again, we are not perfect. And, and this is, as pastors, we cannot live to every aspect of this. But uh, it, it gives us a guide, something to strive for. And that's something for all of us when we see God's word. It's something for us to strive for and to try for uh, each and every day. Uh, and pastors should be biblical, uh, men of biblical exhortation. You know, that we are exhorting, that we are preaching with all uh, uh, fervent, uh, urgency and fervently uh, God's word uh, to show uh, courage to confront error. You know, that's another thing, too, that are lacking uh, in, in churches today is to have the spine to confront those things that are in error, whether it's in theological circles. Uh, you know, like I said, Dad, he has called out things and, and, and within uh uh, uh, the uh, Grace Brethren that really uh, made a lot of people mad, uh, but he called them out on it, and he had the, the spine to do so. A lot of pastors won't do that, and uh, so we need to make sure that we are um, ready to to have that courage to confront those things that are wrong. And that's not always easy to do, and it's hard sometimes uh, if you're particularly if you're an introvert and. Uh, it's hard to stand up, but we've got to now more than ever to confront those things that we know are wrong. You know, it's just, you look at people like John Bunyan, and he refused to back down from the gospel. You know, used to, the, the gospel was not, it was in Latin, it was not available to everybody, and just only those within certain sects could, had access to that. So you could only hear about the Bible based on what they, 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 they preached. And so you have John Bunyan, some of these that who translated the Bible to where those laymen could, could have it and accessible. And here he had a daughter who was blind. Hello? Well, anyway, I'm going to keep talking anyway. It, the daughter that was, uh, I think the battery went dead. Daughter who was blind. And um, he said it was like somebody where he was, he was in prison for 12 years. And he said it was like somebody peeling the flesh off his, off his body. That's how bad it hurt him uh, to, uh, uh, to be able to separate from his daughter, but he would not recant uh, his stand on God's word. Phil, don't worry about it. We're out of time anyway. I'm already close to prayer. I just want to finish up real quick. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, uh, the pastor has two vo voices to gather sheep and to drive away wolves and thieves. But here's the thing. We've all got to strive uh, to do what is right, honorable, glorifying in God's eyes. And that's true for the pastor and that's true for the Christian. So keep that in mind. Uh, read this, study it, understand it, and uh, apply it to your day-to-day -day lives. If you will stand, we'll close in a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this opportunity. 
uh, to be able to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, help us to stand true. Help us to stand strong despite uh, what culture says is normal, what culture says we should do. God's word is never changing. Let us stand true. Let us stand strong with conviction to exhort uh, with all long suffering. And Lord, let us uh, serve you well in our day-to-day -day lives. And if there's anyone here tonight or anyone watching online, if they do not know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead us. God, and want your protection till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a good night and a good week. Thanks for coming.